Yeah, because you know that that doesn't work. You know from experience, they'll just shut down on you. Yeah. It's it's all about establishing a rapport, right? In Spanish, exactly in Spanish too. So since the children were removed, the danger to the children is gone. Eventually, I'm going to find out. I'm just going to have to take my time to find out. I send the mom home. A couple of weeks, no, uh, the next day we served a search warrant in her home just to see, get the layout, get the feel, see if there's anything there. What was the condition of the, what was the condition of the home, if I might ask? um, The district attorney, oh, I'm going to tell you right now, we entered the home. It was practically no furniture, definitely no toys, very little clothing for the kids, practically no food. I go in, there's a hallway as you enter with, um, God, who does the search warrants, emergency service? Emergency service, yeah. Yeah, we go in, on the left there's a kitchen, we go in further, there's a living room, dark, because she doesn't have a light. I, I look to my left behind me, there's blood on the wall, splattered all over the wall. Now I'm looking at it, and it's kind of fun. It's kind of blood that you splatter, like from a sponge or, no, no, from a brush. You go like that. And I look at it, and I stand back, and I look at it. I said, that's weird. I don't think that's people blood, because it just, the way it is, it's weird. And the mom had no injuries on her. So the living room is clean. There's no toys, no shoes, nothing, no books for the kids. In the bedroom, there's a crib and one full-size bed. That's it. There's one bedroom. That's it. We take pictures, um, take a sketch, take a sample of the blood, see if there's anything in the refrigerator, in the bathroom, you know, any body maybe. No, it's clean. There's nothing else, no residual, nothing else. And we leave. Um, you know, Sandy, can I just stop you for one second? Sure. I know as, you know, I, most of my career I was a sergeant, so it was my job when I went to a location that was there was potential child abuse. It was my job to remove the children. So you had to be the bad guy, you know, and the things that they trained you to look for obviously was a filthy home, a house that has no food in the refrigerator, you know, signs of neglect, all of those things. But it's not an easy thing to take the children away, as you know. And mm-hmm. But you would never want to walk out and not remove them and have the person kill these kids. You know, exactly. so that's exactly. what's always on your mind as a, a police supervisor. And I'm sure as a special victims detective, you have the same feelings that you have to do your job correctly or these kids could wind up dead. You know? Exactly. Exactly. So once we went back, we filed everything with the um, assistant district attorney. I think about a week or two later, the father came to my office and he's a schizophrenic speak Spanish and he wanted to know what's going on and I said well your children your child who's your child first of all the boy okay the boy is your child are the twin girls your children he said no he had this disdain look on his face like disgust no I said what child has been removed and here's the number call them and find out you know what's going on you're gonna have to go to court to deem if you're an appropriate parent right I want to know where my where my son is now. You're going to tell me now. 
he's used to he's used to using that violent approach because that gets in his way in real life, but that doesn't get you away with the popo, you know. Especially a Puerto Rican popo. <laughs> yeah. You can't do that to me. That's don't right. do that to me. You don't get in my face. Mm -mm -mm. I told him you need to calm down. I can't give you any more information. You need to leave. I'm not leaving here. He went into a rampage, and I said, "Okay, just a minute. I'm five four. I'm not dealing with no psycho, okay?" I went out, I got Sean Franklin. <laughs> now you tell me, how tall is Sean Franklin? I'd say about six four, six five, right? Seven. Yeah. <laughs> He's six seven. Oh, okay. I explained to him, I said, this is the gentleman that needs to be escorted out. Can you please take him off the premises? You, let's go. <laughs> they walked, they left. Okay. What, happened to, the, what <laughs> happened to the machismo? What happened to the machismo? <laughs> Oh my gosh. <laughs> so this went on. I brought the mother in twice a month for an interview for five months after that. Five mother freaking months. I spent half an hour, 40 minutes with her. 15 minutes of that was leaving her alone in the room. Wow. So this is what I got to find out from her. She, she, um, she doesn't know the father of her daughter her son's father is that man that came. She got pregnant by him in, in Washington, New York City. She went to Santo Domingo and got an abortion. She came back here, got pregnant by somebody else with twins. When the, the, the kid's father found out, he was furious, absolutely furious about it, that he would rape her and beat her up, but then he would lock the two little kids the uh, five and seven year old in the closet as he was doing that. Wow. And I got to find out that she is not, she has no family support. Her mother's old school. You have the kids, you take care of them. Don't come to me for anything. I don't want to babysit. I'm not giving you a dime. Right. And that was her support. And um, I don't think you do that with your uh, daughter, do you? <laughs> I don't think so, right? Heck no. I eat them up. It's so precious. I can't stand it. <laughs> Danny, let me just let me just take a little break. Just tell them who we are. I'm Bill Cannon. This is an episode of Real Crime Stories with retired first grade Manhattan Special Victims Detective Sandy Rabino, and she's uh, telling us about one of her most horrendous cases relative to uh, child abuse. Thanks, Sandy. Let's continue. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Um, well. After I finally got some information on the mother, on what was happening, um, I brought her in the sixth time. Oh no, wait a minute, excuse me. Let's backtrack. On the fifth month of this case, I just wanted to talk to the little girl, see if maybe she was verbal. Because I was hearing rumors from the attorneys at family court and from the CPS worker that she's talking. Not only is she talking, she's talking in English and Spanish. Wow. I went, whoa, okay, bring her in. And this, is the, in this is the five-year-old or the seven-year-old? The seven-year-old girl, seven -year -old. The seven. We brought her into the district attorney's office. I sat down with her, with her foster mother who wanted to adopt her. And you know, she says, I remember you. I was trying to tell you something, but I couldn't. I couldn't, I didn't know how. She told me in English. I said, okay, you could tell me now. I want to know, was there anything that happened to you while you were living with your mother? 
that made you sad, that made you upset. This is in Spanish. And she tells me, yeah. He would, her brother, she said her brother's father would hit her, slap her, lock her in the closet. Her mother, when she got home from school, would feed her and put her to bed. She couldn't get out of bed until the next day to go to school. Wow. I found out from the mother, foster mother, that the mother deemed this child mentally disturbed and got social security, you know, for this child. But I don't know if that girl was born here, but it, it figures, you know, you're not born here, you get social security anyway, if you live here. So, you know, it makes a lot of sense. Right. And then um, she said that this guy did touch her down there and that she fought him. He went underneath her clothing and tried to touch her groin area. And, and this, is the, this is the, the five-year-old boy's father. Yes, yes, exactly. And then after making, you know, small talk with her, I said, what happened the day that mommy and your brother's father got into a fight? What happened that the little girls were screaming and crying? Do you remember? She goes, yes. He was telling my mother that bad words calling her bad words and my mother telling him, you have to go, you have to leave, you have to leave. Oh, well, you had a baby with this guy, but my baby, you got an abortion. Guess what I'm gonna do? I said, so what happened? He ran to the crib and he took off the diaper on my sister and he did something I didn't hear. I didn't see, but the baby started to cry. And then he went to take off the diaper of the other girl and my mother bought a broom and started hitting him and took him, you know, he, he left the house while she was hitting him with the broom. And I said, what happened after that? Mommy put me to bed, changed her diapers and left us in the room. The baby was crying for a long time. How are you now? I, that's it. I didn't want to, that's it. You know, I'm done. You want to push her any further because you want to That's shut it. Down. That little baby gave me more information than her mother could ever give me. Yeah. At least I had that to go by. And I believe her. She's seven years old. She's not credible and swearable in the court of law. So, you know, I got to take what she gives me and I got to work what with is, it. What is the swearable age for a child? Seven. It you have to seven. be articulate. You have to remember right. details. You have to be able not to be swayed by the defense attorney. And that's what they do in... Uh, child abuse unit in um, Manhattan DA's office. They have experts there to talk to the children as well as us. We, we could make our determination, one, two, three. You guys must get very close with the uh, district attorneys also, also right? Yeah, yeah, uh, You're yeah. working very close with them and they're dealing with the most heinous crimes just like you are, but from a, just from a different angle, you know? And mm -hmm. uh, I'm sure they have some of the same issues that you guys have when they go home at night, you know? Yeah, oh, I'm sure too. Some of them were having babies while we were with the cases. I mean, yeah. it's really weird. One year there were like three sets of twins being born in the DA's office right there in the child abuse unit. Wow. How weird is that? Oh my yeah. God. That's gotta be tough to do your job when you have such young kids, you know, and you're dealing with that. Oh yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. You know, absolutely, it's, so, it's devastating. So yeah. it's I remember I had a, I had a um, Detective in homicide that was from your office. I, I won't mention the name because you might not want to name mention, but she had young kids and she, she had a real hard time to go to an autopsy of a child because of that. And I was like, that's fine. Someone else can go. You know? 
Mm-mm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Why not? Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's horrible. It leaves an imprint for you ever, forever. Yeah, yeah it's, it's not. In your memory. And you know what? You're not scared of anything. You're not scared of anyone. Like, I, if I see a cop getting his, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay. I'm sorry. Back we, on. Okay, I'm sorry. Back on. It's okay. 